Hey folks, today is Sunday, August 6th. I'm Josh Boykin, founder of Intelligame.us, and you're listening to another edition of Intelligame Radio. Hey folks, apologies for the sporadic updates here at Intelligame Radio. The past couple of days have been pretty busy, but I've had some really awesome opportunities to be able to celebrate games and community with some great players here in the industry. On Friday, I attended the launch party for Tacoma, a narrative adventure by Fulbright that we've talked a little bit here on the show and we streamed on Thursday for Let's Intelliplay. Last night, I was able to attend the rap party for Tropes vs. Video Games, the critical series that was created by Feminist Frequency on YouTube to highlight some of the tropes uh, against women that are commonly used in games. It's been a five-year run, uh, a five-year project run by Anita Sarkeesian and the rest of the crew over at Feminist Frequency um, and has been the target of a lot of praise as well as um, a lot of harassment, a lot of, well, toxicity to loop back <laughs> to earlier discussions that we had before. But attending both of those events was great opportunities to be able to spend time with other people who are passionate about games and the community they bring and the power that they have to help shape lives and to help us have a better understanding of the world around us. So thanks to both Feminist Frequency and to Fulbright for those opportunities. It was really awesome and I'm looking forward to being able to delve further into games and their criticisms with people who are passionate about those subjects. Today is Sunday and I'm all, it's also a little bit of a recovery day as I get situated here in San Francisco and try to prep some content for the week. So we are going to take a few call-ins uh, that it looks like we've got in the queue and then we're going to do a recap. Uh, we're going to do some Intelligame Rewind of some of our highlights. So I encourage you to keep an ear out for those. Uh, let's go ahead and get started with some call-ins. I want to start by looping back to a discussion that we had a few days ago about toxicity in gaming. We talked a little bit based on some conversation from a podcast without light we talked a bit about the differences between active and passive toxicity and i want to answer a question that was called in from michael about sort of the basis of discussions about toxicity as a whole sadly uh this is michael conway the illuminarch and uh, sadly i feel lost in this discussion of toxicity because i mean i I have to say, when you're interacting with humans, sometimes you just have to put on your big boy pants and just accept the fact that, you know, some people can be rude. So what? I can be rude if I'm offended or hurt, but sometimes people are just rude. That's not really passive toxicity. It's just, you know, guy's a prick. Okay, so what? But, you know... I don't understand this thing about you saying about 
marginalized people like in the D&D space on tabletops because I had women and gay friends that were all playing with me. So I don't understand, but this is the Illuminarch. Peace out. I appreciate you calling in, Michael. And perhaps there is a bit of a baseline to establish in discussions of particularly toxic behavior in gaming and in life as a whole. I don't think that anybody has the expectation that we will go through life and simply never offend anybody else, that we'll never be angry, that we'll never say something that may be unintentionally or perhaps even intentionally hurtful. But there's a difference between being angry and lashing out or being rude and engaging in toxic behavior. Toxic behavior is the type of situation that ends up leading to many of the things that we highlighted in that discussion, that people can give out public information about where somebody lives or where they work or things that can compromise their safety online, that they can become the subject of large online harassment campaigns where people are sending them death threats. And on smaller scales, these are situations where people can be excluded from the gaming groups that they participate in or the friend groups that they participate in where they can be repeatedly consistently victimized uh, or somehow stretching beyond being made fun of being targeted and a lot of times this comes as a result of being from a marginalized background if there are black people or LGBT people or whatnot being targeted and having those facets brought into the discussion is not uncommon. Now, given that I think that it is important to discuss the idea that not all toxicity is intentional and that it is not um, always the the plot of some villainous random person on the internet to try and make somebody's life hell. But toxicity, in this case, I, I think the discussion of toxicity is about the attitudes that are perpetuated in circles that can make people inherently feel uncomfortable or unwelcome in a situation. A personal example was that I once went to my local board game shop and there were um, there were a number of folks. This wasn't actually at the board game shop. This was at a, a random meetup. I'm mixing up a couple stories. I went to a meetup group where we were playing a game called Artemis. It's a starship bridge simulator. So everybody brings their laptops, and they are able to basically simulate like being on the Star Trek Enterprise. Everybody takes control of a different piece of the ship, and the captain helps kind of guide everybody to to secure objectives and not get the ship blown up. And so, as me and my friend who is half Japanese, half Mexican, uh, come into the group, you know, and we're introducing ourselves, and this guy says, oh, hey, how's it going, Jordy? And he's referring to me as Jordy LaForge from Star Trek The Next Generation. I had never shared a single word with this person, and the first thing that he felt that it was okay for him to do was make a joke about me and my existence in this space based on my race. It'd be one thing, maybe, if we actually knew each other, 
But the idea that he would instantly feel comfortable to place me in a particular role or to think that it was that we were comfortable in a certain way and to make that judgment based on my race, to me, it felt inherently disrespectful. And to have that be the first interaction that I engaged with colored the entire rest of the experience. Do I think that he was purposefully trying to make me feel like I was out of place or whatever? No. But I do think that the idea, the mindset that that type of behavior is okay, particularly when you don't know me and you don't have any sense of whether or not I think that kind of joke is enjoyable or funny or not, to me that's inherently disrespectful. And those are the kinds of passive toxic behaviors that can make people from marginalized backgrounds feel as if they do not have a place at the table or that the only place that they have are at tables with other marginalized people. I hope that that sets up a little bit of the discussion, but I do want to bring in another call in about how to fix it. Josh, although I'm not a gamer, obviously I follow, um, your station for, for different reasons, maybe uh, around mental health and other discussions that we've had. But uh, I just want to raise a point about the reduction of uh, toxicity, probably relevant to all different places. And that's probably education and discussion and openness. The more that uh, uh, it's highlighted, what is probably correct or acceptable, acceptable boundaries for people and that other people start to speak up and suggest, look, it's not an appropriate way to speak to that man or woman, girl or boy, or that behavior, or that language, or to discuss that person's ethnicity, etc. For me, the openness and the discussion and the education and openly discussing it starts to highlight it, and then possibly change starts to come. Thanks for that call in, Simon. I want to tell another personal story. From basically elementary school on forward, actually all the way through college graduation, I've gone to school in majority white situations. I was in an academically accelerated program that was leveraged as part of an opportunity for our school district to avoid a desegregation lawsuit. And so I have gone to school in predominantly white classes for pretty much all the time I've been schooled. And until I left for college, I was commonly accustomed to hearing jokes like, oh, if you invite Josh to sleep over, you won't be able to find him unless he smiles. Or watch out, if you turn the lights off, Josh will steal your TV. Things that were not really funny to me, but I just thought that was the way that I had to exist in space. I didn't, you know, people would make jokes about decisions that other people made, that they were unintelligent or that they did something stupid or that, they, you know, whatever. But anytime it was time to joke about me, they were like, oh, and Josh is black because apparently being, uh, being un making unintelligent decisions or, uh, being foolish or whatever is equivalent in those situations to being black. I didn't understand until I went to college and started spending time with groups of friends who were also black that, oh, wait a second, we can like 
make jokes about each other that have nothing to do with race. I didn't have that expectation even set for me that that was inappropriate until I have been removed from that space that I spent 12 plus years being educated in. So then when I went back home and I hung out with those same friends and they cracked those same jokes, that was when I was like, you know, maybe this isn't okay. Because I had always been uncomfortable with it, but I never really had the vocabulary or the understanding that I could reach out and say, you know what, I, I don't accept this. To make jokes in this regard is disrespectful to me. And I do not have to exist in a space where I am disrespected. Up until that point, I was under the impression that that was just how I had to live my life. That being disrespected in majority white societies was just the lay of the land. So to loop back to your call, Simon, this is why I feel that these discussions are so critically important. Why education is so critically important. The harassment and the accusations and the death threats and the things that erupted after Feminist Frequency took the stage and started highlighting these ways explicitly that video games were using tropes that revolved around women as centers of power in the medium. The criticism and the things that are still said about Anita and other people in those critical circles today and so many of them are gender-specific insults or accusations that have to do with this person who slept with this person who is a slut and whatever. Those, those situations are very real. And again, tune into this idea of toxicity. And I think that once it became more common to have discussions about, hey, maybe the ways that we treat women as sex objects using this mechanism and this mechanism, maybe we shouldn't do that. Or maybe when you do that, you should realize that you are buying into a trope that can be potentially damaging. Well, that's when people start getting the vocabulary of, you know, maybe when we develop costumes for our female leads, they can have their chests covered because that would be more functional. Maybe when we have our black characters in here, they don't have to always be the sidekick. Or they don't always have to talk in quote-unquote slang. Maybe when we bring in our characters who are LGBT and if they have their relationships, maybe they don't have to die all the time. It's not until we have those discussions about these habits and these tropes that we become better equipped to start handling them and making our media better as a result. Tacoma is a perfect example of what happens when we're positive. The primary cast in Tacoma is made up of people from marginalized backgrounds, whether they're from groups that we would consider racial minorities today, or they're members of LGBT communities. The all six members of the crew of the Tacoma are in one way or another from a marginalized background. And I can't think of how this game could have or would have existed even five years ago when some of these discussions were first beginning because we had a number of blockades that would prevent a game like Tacoma from existing. 
as the indie space has grown, we have more opportunities for people to create games that work outside of the traditional AAA margins. We also have more distribution opportunities so that when games are created by indie developers, they can be purchased by a larger range of people, which increases the odds of profitability. But I also think that key to this expansion is a core discussion of the importance of representing people from marginalized backgrounds, of creating media that doesn't simply buy into reinforcing the majority culture, whether that is uh, white culture here in America or straight culture or whatever it is, that there are tons of other people living experiences on a day-to-day -day basis that deserve representation and deserve, deserve an opportunity to have their stories told. Stories that are just as intriguing and engaging as any of the stories that we have been told thus far. And that when we provide opportunities for those stories to come to light, not only do the people who are part of that majority culture have an opportunity to learn more about people who exist in the world around them, but it also gives people who are living in those marginalized roles an opportunity to feel validated and to feel a stronger opportunity to contribute to society. Another personal story, and I'll keep this one short because I'm trying not to ramble and I know a lot of this has not been game specific, but one of the earliest things that I can ever remember wanting to do, like what I want to be when I grow up, was an actor. I watched James Bond on cassette that I'm pretty sure we had recorded off of like TBS on a marathon or something. And I really wanted to be James Bond. That was my goal. I'm going to be James Bond. And one day it just kind of clicked. Like you're not going to be James Bond. Nobody's going to cast you as James Bond. And it doesn't have to do with your talent or lack thereof, probably in my case. It, it, you can't get in the door. You can't be James Bond because you're black. Now, even if I had tried to look for sort of analogous characters, many of the characters that I can remember, like from spy movies growing up, right? I can remember uh, Samuel L. Jackson in The Long Kiss Goodnight with uh, Gina Davis. And he had this, you know, I'm the angry black guy thing that Samuel L. Jackson does fairly well. I can remember uh, the movie Undercover Brother, right? Which is this big sort of black exploitation film. I didn't have representation that told me, like, you can be the suave, debonair, super functional, just badass person and be black. I just didn't think I could. I gave up on acting fairly early. Seeing Finn, seeing John Boyega take the stage in Star Wars Episode Seven, I'm, I'm actually kind of choking up just talking about it right now. To me, at almost 30 years old, that was such a monumentous experience to be like, wait a second, you're in Star Wars and you're playing this character. You're not like, I'm coming in and I'm being, you know, the black guy. And I'm, and it's not Lando Calrissian, who's a side character and almost throwaway and a traitor. You, you're a hero. You actually get to hold a lightsaber. You, you battle a Sith Lord. 
like to <laughs> to see a black man take that role as it changed my life and i wish that i had had the opportunity when i was younger to have that role to have that influence but this is why representation is really important at least at least to me that was what that that was how that segment was supposed to end and then anchor said hey you said you weren't gonna take a long time on this part but you are and so it cut me off <laughs> anyway um, again i know that is not really a gaming related story but i hope that it helps to illuminate some of these ways that not only education are important uh, education is important but representation as a whole so thanks for those call-ins and let's keep the discussion going if you have any stories or comments about the ideas of representation or diversity or toxicity or anything else that you want to talk about feel free to use that call-in button here on anchor it's super useful and I'm really glad for the opportunity for us to have these discussions as a community so thanks a lot per usual over the past couple of days we have missed our game of the day that does not mean that I'm not playing games and I'm going to give myself a little bit more latitude on game of the day so we're just gonna go ahead and pick up from where we left off with game of the day 24 a dark room this was a game that was recommended by Julia Alice a IntelliGame radio listener and IntelliGame reader as a whole this is an idle game so much of the time that you spend building resources is not from wandering around out in the fields it's from sitting and waiting essentially coming up with mechanics that allow the passage of time to help you build up resources a dark room has a bit of a dark twist to it the materials that you use to help build your engine so to speak to help allow you create materials more quickly they're people so you create huts which weathered families come to and those families then you put to work to harvest wood or to hunt animals to turn them into cured meat so that when you go off in adventures you can eat the narrative in the game does not make you feel great about that work and without spoiling too much of it um, understand that the game is really interested in making you understand the implications of what it is you're doing now I beat the game yesterday I've got it on mobile though it is also available on PC and I have to say that I feel like the amount of time that it took me to beat it playing it on mobile over the course of a couple of weeks was not the best way for me to take it on I don't think that I got the emotional attachment to the situations that I was being involved in and so though I still walked away with uh, a pretty 
intriguing sense of what the game was going for, I feel like I missed out on some of what I was really supposed to be experiencing. Now I am going through the game on a second playthrough, and this time I'm going to try to do it without building any huts, to see what happens if I try not to bring in the labor of these other individuals. And I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. The other interesting thing about beating the game is that it unlocks some commentary. So you can listen to some input from the creators about the experience of the game. And I haven't listened to it all yet, but my hope, uh, as conveyed by the first piece of criticism, or the uh, first piece of commentary, is that it will give me a deeper understanding of some of the mysteries of the game and help me better understand the meanings and the messages that are inside it. So if you are looking for a game that give you a different take on the idle game genre, A Dark Room is one worth checking out. I'm not sure if it's free on PC. I believe it's either 99 cents or $1.99 on mobile. But uh, yeah, that that was the game of the day. And we will see what the game of the day is tomorrow. Alright folks, I think that does it for us today here at Intelligame Radio. I'm your host, Josh Boykin. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at Wallstormer. Don't forget that if you're looking for more Intelligame content, you can swing on over to Twitter or Facebook slash Let's Intelligame, and that will give you tons of updates. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at tinyletter.com slash Let's Intelligame, and you can watch our live streams at twitch.tv slash you guessed it, Let's Intelligame. We won't be doing Let's Intelliplay this Thursday. Uh, I will be attending a professional development slash interesting convention conference thing and probably will not have access to the tech. But hopefully we'll be able to do a makeup stream on Sunday. No promises, but I'll keep you posted. In the meantime, folks, have a fantastic rest of your day. Looking forward to talking to you tomorrow.